It's Storming the Court with Ryan Connell. Welcome into Storming the Court. Today is Friday, January 29th. Virginia is once again the team to beat in the ACC. How are the defending national champs possibly the most consistent team in college basketball? Ohio State bolsters his resume with another ranked win over a Big Ten opponent. And a busy week ahead, headlined by the SEC Big 12 Challenge and a Top 5 Showdown this coming week. But today's show, we will start a little bit different. We won't just start with the Top 25 recap, but instead start with an in-depth look at one Top 10 team. As the number 8 Virginia Cavaliers, the 2019 NCAA National Champions in Men's College Basketball, the Cavaliers are now 11-2. 7-0 in the ACC, and atop the Atlantic Coast Conference all by themselves. UVA has now won seven straight games after falling to number one Gonzaga the day after Christmas. The Cavaliers are one of five teams to be ranked in the top 15 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. The other four, number one Gonzaga, number two Baylor, Michigan, and Alabama. Over the last four seasons, Virginia has been one of the most consistent, if not the con most consistent, perennial power outside of Gonzaga in all of college basketball. And I say that not just as a statement, but with some statistics to back it up. Over the last four seasons, Virginia is now 55-8 in ACC play. That is 63 games of ACC play. They win 80, over 87% of them. They are 55-8 over their last 63 conference games. Over the next, the next four best teams out of major power conferences are Villanova, who are 45 and 14, which is a 76, just over 76 percent winning percentage. Kansas, who's 47 and 16 in the Big 12, just under 75 percent, and Michigan State, who's 48 and 17, just about 74 percent of the time. That means Virginia wins 10% more games than any other major conference team does in their own conference. And every year, when you look at the ACC, everyone talks about Duke. They talk about North Carolina. The last couple of years, Florida State has been really good. But Virginia is always in the mix. The more you look at it, the more years you go back, sure, they maybe they don't win the ACC tournament leading up to the NCAA tournament. But almost every year, they're the number one or number two seed. They're winning a share of the ACC crown, or they're winning the ACC just flat out outright. Virginia has been a model of consistency when it comes to a perennial power performing in conference play in a top five conference in all of America. If we look at this team, they're 7-0 to start ACC play. They are now just the fourth team in the last seven seasons to start ACC play 7-0. Three of those teams are a, Vir a Virginia team. The only other is 2016 UNC. So let's look at how those teams shaped out. 2015 Virginia, the first team of the last seven years that have gone 7-0. They lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to a seven seed in Michigan State. That Michigan State team went all the way to the Final Four. 2016 North Carolina, they were one seed in the NCAA tournament. They made it all the way to the national championship game, 
And they lost on a buzzer beater. A Chris Jenkins buzzer beater that gave Villanova the national title over North Carolina. 2018 Virginia. The number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Most famously, though, became the first number one seed to ever lose to a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament when they lost to UMBC in the round of 64 in 2018. And then there's this year's team, 2021 Virginia. 7-0 in ACC play, 11-2 overall, the number 18 in the country. Where will they end up? That's still to be determined, but as it stands right now, many bracketologists have them on the two line, if not the three line. And I'm sure a couple more quality wins will help bolster that resume. Virginia's two losses this year, one is to number one Gonzaga, the other is a upset in their second game of the season, and just the third day of the season, to San Francisco, in which they lost pretty much on a buzzer beater. Those are their two losses. They're 11-0 against teams not in the West Coast Conference. But Virginia's model of consistency doesn't just stem to good records. When everyone thinks about Virginia, they think about their defense. Consistently, one of the top five defenses in the entire country. But when Virginia has offense, their capabilities and their final potential expands. Right now, Virginia is averaging over 73 points a game. Under Tony Bennett, Virginia has averaged over 70 points twice. This year, if it, everything holds true, this will be their third year in which they average at least 70 points per game. The other two years, 2016, they averaged 71 points per game. They made the Elite Eight. The only other year prior to this year in which they averaged over 70 points a game, they averaged 71.4 points per game in 2019. They won the national title. This year, they're averaging over 73 points a game. Everyone thinks about Virginia for their stout defense, their ability to take teams' best player away, the ability to just make the game an absolute rock fight and win 55-50 if they have to. But they're not going to have to do that that much this year. They could score to keep up with teams. 73.4 points per game is on pace to be the most points ever that Virginia will average in a season under Tony Bennett. Cavaliers offense has three players over 10 points per game, all of which shoot better than 43% from beyond the arc. UVA as a team is shooting 39.6% from three-point range. That is tied for 14th in the NCAA, in all of Division I. Tied for 14th in all of Division I at just under 40% from three-point range as a team. When Virginia won the national title just two years ago, they shot over 38% from deep. This UVA team is better on offense than most Cavalier teams of years past. And statistically, they might be the best team that Virginia and Tony Bennett has had at Virginia from an offensive standpoint. They're averaging the most points per game. They're shooting their best percentage from deep. They have three guys averaging over 10 points per game. Those three shooters themselves average almost 44% from deep. Their loss to San Francisco in the opening week of the season continues to look more and more like an anomaly where they only scored 60 points in the losing effort. Their only other loss comes to Gonzaga in a game in which Corey Kisper couldn't miss from deep. UVA couldn't keep up, keep up offensively with number one Gonzaga, but UVA has improved defensively since then. In the early season, Virginia wasn't 
in its typical top five in the nation defensive efficiency. They were, you know, down in the lower 20s. But since that point, they continue to rise. And as it stands right now, they are 15th in adjusted defensive efficiency, 10th in adjusted offensive efficiency. This is a team that's offense might be better than its defense, which is something that you could rarely say about a Virginia coach team under Tony Bennett. Will this team endure another run to the Final Four? Possibly. Based on the stats that I threw out there of averaging over 70 points per game and shooting almost 40% from deep, the only other times they've really done that, they've made the Elite Eight and won the national title. So meeting in the middle ground of just showing up to the Final Four would make sense and follow the timeline that Tony Bennett has been able to produce here at Virginia. Certainly their game can go cold and they just don't have it on the offensive end one night and they are doomed. We've seen that with Virginia teams in the past where they have lost in the second round or even lost to a 16 seed when they had arguably the best team in the country all season long back in 2018. But I think this team is really built to endure yet another run to the Final Four and they've become a perpetual power in the ACC. It's their conference to lose this year with Virginia with North Carolina and Duke on the decline. Louisville not up to the same snuff. Florida State will give them a run, but I think the Cavaliers and Tony Bennett's UVA team are not going to lose this ACC title. Virginia basketball has become a thing of beauty, according to John Rothstein. But I'd like to say Virginia basketball may not be a thing of, of beauty, but a model of consistency on how if you organize your program to play a specific way, Commit to that 100%. You can churn out the best product possible, which will result in a national title and also result in constant success atop one of the best conferences in America in the ACC. Virginia, as I mentioned before, over the last four years, is the best team in conference in any team in a Power Cup 5 conference in all of America. Virginia has now won seven straight games. The only other times they've averaged over 70 points per game, they've made the Elite Eight and they've won the fun- and they've won the national championship. They're on pace to do that again. Just outside the top 10 in the country in three-point shooting at 39.6 points per game. They have three guys averaging over 10 points per game, another at 9.8. All of those guys shoot over 40% from three. Their defense is a top five defense, top 15 defense in the country, and their offense is a top 10 offense in the nation from an efficiency standpoint. Tony Bennett is obviously on the short list of some of the best coaches in all of America. And this Cavalier team is built for yet another Final Four run. Don't sleep on Virginia. They have become a force in the ACC and on the national landscape. Virginia basketball, a model of consistency. So that's a little bit on the Virginia Cavaliers. Let's change gears a little bit and take a look at another team who has been on the rise over the last couple of weeks. As number 13, Ohio State, they picked up another quality win over number 10, Wisconsin, last week. Buckeyes put together an impressive road win in which they knocked off the Badgers 74-62 in Madison. Ohio State has now won five of their last six games, and their only loss is to Purdue in that stretch, in which they were up the entire game until the final moments, and they let that one slip away. C.J. Walker... They're starting point guard back in the fold for Ohio State. But the story for the Buckeyes to this point 
especially highlighted on Saturday, has been EJ Liddell. EJ Liddell, many thought, was going to be the replacement to Caleb Wesson. And how is he going to handle the load? Where does Ohio State get production without their starting point guard on the floor? EJ Liddell settled down all of those rumors to put out another career day of 20 points and 7 rebounds, leading the charge offensively for the Buckeyes. He was one of just two players in double figures, but he ate apart the inside of Micah Potter and Nate Reavers, the tandem in the front court for Wisconsin. He kind of had... Whatever he wanted on the interior. And E.J. Liddell all season long has been a pleasant surprise for Chris Holtman's team. Some they expected to take a big jump, but the jump he has taken and the progress he has shown has much outweighed what many people rejected in the preseason. Ohio State now has wins on the road at Rutgers, at Illinois, and at Wisconsin. They are now 13-4 and overall, 7-4 and in the Big Ten. Sit tied for fourth with Illinois, just two games back of Michigan for the top spot in the Big Ten. Dwayne Washington Jr. and Justice Suing have been carrying the load on the wing for the Buckeyes. But this team continues to attack you, and adding back C.J. Walker into the mix makes them even more dangerous in the games ahead. I don't know how far Ohio State goes when it ends up being the NCAA tournament. I can certainly see this team being a second weekend team which means they'd make the Sweet 16. I don't know if they would have the the chance to make it all the way to the Final Four. I just haven't seen that yet. But there isn't too many teams in the country in which the Buckeyes won't play close and down to the final shot. A 12-point win over Wisconsin is just another example of how this team continues to roll. This wasn't very much a 12-point game for most of the game. They were up close to 20 points kind of throughout the second half. And looking at the Buckeyes, you know, at large here, wins over Penn State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern, Rutgers. They beat Rutgers twice. They beat UCLA, who's atop the Pac-12. They're starting to finally come together. And they have a tough road ahead. On Sunday, they have Michigan State, 1 o'clock on CBS. Following week, they're at number 7, Iowa, and at Maryland. That could be a tough two-game swing. Maryland has probably the weirdest resume in all of college basketball to this point. Some signature wins and some really, really bad losses. They still have to play Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, and Illinois also all the second time. Those are the final three games of their schedule. The final four games of their Big Ten schedule. Verse number four, Michigan at Michigan State. Verse number seven, Iowa. Verse number 19, Illinois. Quite a closing stretch, but the Buckeyes very much still in the mix to be a top three team in the Big Ten as the season unfolds. Chris Holtman continuing to churn out a quality product on the floor. Buckeyes in a good position as it currently stands. Look for them to still sneak out a couple more really, really quality wins, and they might enter the NCAA tournament with the probably six or seven really decorated wins on their resume. As I said, I don't know how far they will go, but as it stands right now, at least a second weekend team with the potential if things click and the bracket falls their way, they might find themselves dancing for weeks in Indianapolis. Some other big notes kind of just around college basketball over the last week or so, looking at it from a top 25 perspective, a little shake 
shake up a little bit at the top. Still, Gonzaga followed by Baylor. Villanova stays safely in at number three, but Michigan jumps back up to number four in the polls. They are now on pause here for a two-week stretch after a member inside the athletic department at the University of Michigan tested positive for the UK variant of COVID-19. Michigan then decided to shut down all sports for two full weeks. So the Wolverines here will have plenty of games postponed. Won't be in action for at least another 10 days. They remain at number four in the polls. Texas steady at number five. Really the big jumper of the week was Alabama, who is now, who we talked about last week on the show, how Alabama has become a national title contender and final four contender out of the SEC. They're up to number nine now in the polls. They jumped nine spots. That's the biggest mover, as well as Florida State hopping into the polls up at number 16. We talked about Alabama last week. They're now 13-3. and three. They've won 10 straight games. They're finally getting the respect that they deserve, being a top 10 team. A couple gritty wins in their last few times out, including one over Kentucky. They'll be tested against Oklahoma as part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge this weekend. So that kind of takes me to our next topic, the SEC Big 12 Challenge taking place this weekend. That is really highlighting the slate of games this coming weekend in college basketball. It starts on Noon on Saturday with number 9, Alabama, and number 24, Oklahoma. Some of the other games of note throughout, number 10, Texas Tech at LSU. Florida on the road at number 11, West Virginia. Auburn and Sharif Cooper, who might be one of the most dynamic players in all of college basketball. With him on the floor, Auburn is a completely different team. For those of you that don't know, he was uneligible to play for the first half of the season because many thought that Auburn committed sanctions to get him to come to their program. Now they finally got cleared by the NCAA. And since he has been cleared to play, he has been an absolute force. Baylor gets a real test, but this time on their home floor. But the only other game really of note is then number 15, Kansas, at number 18, Tennessee. Maybe under under the radar game if Cade Cunningham finally plays will be 13 and four Arkansas at 10 and four Oklahoma State two non-ranked teams but two teams kind of on the fringe of being inside about the top 30 in college basketball but really the big takeaways from the SEC Big 12 Challenge are Alabama and their 10 game winning streak gets a real test at Oklahoma Kansas and Tennessee do battle as Bill Self and Rick Barnes renew their rivalry. And then the late game, number five, Texas, at five and ten, Kentucky. So let's get into the week ahead and some of the games that we are going to make selections for here on Storming the Court. And we'll start with that game that I talked about that takes place on noon on Saturday. Number nine, Alabama, at number four, 24, Oklahoma, part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. To me, this is the best game of the weekend as it features two of the hottest teams in the nation. Alabama has won 10 straight. Oklahoma, four in a row. Tied have finally met their match in terms of a team that can score and defend to a standard that they can. Austin Reeves is a do-it-all point guard for Oklahoma that can take over the game on an offensive end. Devion Harmon has been the X-factor for the Sooners in their wins over Kansas and Texas. Brady Mannix is finally back and healthy in the interior. He's a real threat that can stretch the floor and solidify this Sooner attack to match up with those two guards in Reeves and Harmon. Oklahoma is 8-1 at home this season with their only home loss coming to number 10, Texas Tech. 
They have wins over West Virginia, Texas, and Kansas. They should have beat Kansas the first time they played them. They got them the second time. They have a two-point loss to Texas Tech. The Sooners are finally showing up in the polls. Alabama, they've certainly been electric this year. But their shooting is cold off the last few times. Out Their defense will always keep them in the game because they are on that level to just dominate you and be physical with you on the defensive end. But they've fallen a little bit more down earth shooting the ball the last few times out. It's been seven games since Alabama played a ranked team on the road. They're against a team who can match up with what they can do. I kind of like the underdog in this one. Give me number 24, Oklahoma, on their home floor to snap Alabama's 10-game winning streak. Oklahoma will now have won five straight, and they improve to 9-1 and one at home. They'll then possess wins over Alabama, West Virginia, Texas, and Kansas. Sooners and Lon Kruger putting together, quietly, one of the best resumes in college basketball. Next game also comes on Saturday. It's a battle down uh, in Virginia. Number 8, Virginia at number 20, Virginia Tech. We already talked about what makes the Cavaliers so good. They shoot better than almost any other UVA team has under Tony Bennett. They play the same caliber and style of defense. They average over 70 points a game. They shoot almost 44% from deep. They're having a historically good year from their perspective on the offensive end. They're one of the five teams in college basketball to be ranked top 15 in offensive and defensive efficiency. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, they've been streaky throughout the year. They're more of what I would call a popper. Now hang around, hang around with just about anyone, and then they pop up and sneak out some of those wins against good teams. But UVA is clicking on a new level. They beat Syracuse by 23 on Monday night. Virginia Tech lost to Syracuse by 18 last Saturday. Still a fluky result for Virginia Tech. They've been much better than that all season long. Probably one of their worst games of the season. But enough to indicate to me that they aren't as strong as they're perceived to be. Give me the Wahoos and Tony Bennett on the road in this one. I like number 8 Virginia over number 20 Virginia Tech. Final game comes on Tuesday night. Might be the best game. And I think it's going to be the best game. Uh, out of this coming week, not just this weekend. First game that we talked about was the best game of the weekend. But this is going to be the best game of the upcoming week. Number two, Baylor, at number five, Texas. First meeting of these two Big 12 teams of the season. Their first meeting was postponed, so we finally get the Big 12 matchup that we've been waiting for, the top two teams in the Big 12. Texas has dropped two nail-biters in their last three games. They will be without head coach Shaka Smart, who tested positive for COVID-19 earlier this week. That is something to note because Texas didn't look as much the same in their last game out without Shaka Smart. I think that plays into being more of a factor than people really give it credit. Baylor is the only team in the country to be ranked top five and more specifically top three in both offensive and defensive efficiency. They're number three in offense, number one in defense. As I said, no other team is ranked top five in both. Baylor is ranked top three in both. They've won 13 of their 15 games this season by double figures. They've won every game by at least eight points. They're 15-0. and They sit atop the Big 12 by two games over Texas. They don't really appear, really show any weaknesses. And in the games in which they trailed at the half to TCU and to Oklahoma State, they won both of those games by double figures. 
Texas being without their head coach, maybe still a few players sideline with contract, contact tracing. Baylor gets the better of the Longhorns the first time around. But if there is one team in the Big 12 that can beat Baylor on full strength, it is Texas. But I don't think Texas will be at full strength in this one. Give me number two Baylor on the road at number five Texas on Tuesday night. I like the Bears over the Longhorns. Last week, we went one and two. First time this season we've been under 500 in a week in picks. We're now 19-11 on the season. But we're looking to get back on track this week. We're going to give you three winners. We're giving you number 24 Oklahoma at home against number 9 Alabama on Saturday. Number 8 Virginia on the road over number 20 Virginia Tech also on Saturday. And then on Tuesday night, number 2 Baylor over number 5 Texas. That'll do it for this episode of Storming the Court. Please make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else podcasts are found. Continue to share the show with anyone you know who is interested in college basketball. Everything you need to know about the show can be found on Twitter at Rye underscore Connell. That's R-Y underscore C-O-N-N-E-L-L. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy a stellar slate of college hoops, and I'll talk to you again next week.